Today is Tuesday, July 12th. This is Understanding Christianity's mini-podcast, Strength for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Sean Cole. I'm the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Sterling, Colorado. I also serve as a professor at Colorado Christian University. Thank you for listening to this mini-burst of encouragement for today. We are in the book of Philippians. We are in chapter 3, and so let's just dive right in and read Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 11. Paul says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. In verses 4 through 6, Paul gives a biographical sketch of his life to show that before he was saved, he was a man who put utmost confidence in his flesh. If we remember last yesterday, uh, we looked at these false teachers, these Pharisees that were uh, putting trust in the flesh, in outward circumcision. And, and Paul says, listen, let me give you a biography of who I was before I was saved. I was a legalist of legalists. And so he gives these accomplishments, this resume, in two categories. Uh, the first category he's going to give is his ethnicity or his heredity, um, his background. And then the second thing he's going to give is his actual achievements. So his heredity. He says, listen, if anybody has a, has a claim to circumcision, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Now that was prescribed by the Mosaic Law that all newborn Jewish boys had to be circumcised on the eighth day. His, Paul's parents were being obedient to the law. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was an Israelite. He was ethnically from the Jews. And not only that, Paul says, I can trace what tribe I was from. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. If there was a poster child for a, a Jewish man, it was me. My parents had me circumcised. I can trace my lineage back to Benjamin. I am a Jew of a Jew. I'm a Hebrew of a Hebrew. So number one, he says, look at my ethnicity. Look at my heredity. Look at my, my ancestry. But then he says, look at my achievement." He says, as a Pharisee, to the letter of the law. Listen, I was a, a Pharisee. I obeyed the law. I studied the law. I, I was schooled in the greatest rabbinical schools. I had all of the legal and the theological education. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was trained I had this great education. I was a persecutor of the church. I was zealous. I went house to house persecuting Christians, dragging them to their death to be stoned. I was blameless under the law. I obeyed all the, the dietary laws. I obeyed all of the cleansing laws. If there ever was somebody who was legally purified, it was me, Paul is saying. Look at my credentials. Look at my background. Now let's think about today's Christian culture. Because many people today could be trusting in heredity, trusting in their ancestry, trusting in their achievements to somehow make themselves right with God. For example, some people may have this idea that just because they're born in America, 
they're automatically a Christian. Or my parents are Christians, so I must automatically be a Christian. I've attended church my entire life. I was baptized as a baby. I went through confirmation. I did some type of work that saves me. We may have that same attitude that Paul did before he was saved. But then in verses 7 through 11, Paul begins to make this contrast. He's going to make a stark contrast between his previous life as this legalistic, arrogant Pharisee, and now to his new life in Christ as a true child of God. So as we look at Paul's life now, post-salvation, the question I want to ask you is, how do you renew a passion for Jesus? How do you personally renew a passion for Jesus? Maybe you're just content with fire insurance. I've trusted Christ for salvation, but I don't have the joy of my salvation. I don't have that deep passion of knowing Christ more deeply. How do you go deeper into a personal relationship with Jesus? Well, we see Paul here. This wonderful transformation that God took him through. Verse 7, But... Whatever gains, literally gains in the, in the original language there, whatever gains, plural, I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. All those accolades, all those accomplishments, all those achievements, all those awards, all those things that Paul stacked up on his resume through his legalistic zealousness, his misdirected enthusiasm, he says, I count as a loss. The verb for counted there is in what we call the perfect tense in the Greek language. We really don't have an equivalent in English, but the perfect tense, let me just kind of explain this to you. It means that an action was completed in the past at a definite point in time, but it continues to have results standing in the present where it stands completed. So the way this verb is translated is basically Paul saying, listen, I'm fully convinced. I have counted. I am persuaded. I've nailed this down at one point in the past, and it continues to be a reality for me today, that these gains that I had are actually losses. Everything about my past is nothing. That's evidence of genuine conversion. When Christ calls you to salvation, there's a definitive break with your past life. You've died to sin. You've died to your old self. You've been made alive in Christ and God has given you new desires, new affections that weren't there before because you've been born again. You have a a new life. And Paul says, listen, I, I count everything as a loss. All those accolades, whatever gains I had, I counted as loss. I counted. But then in verse 8, he moves into the present tense. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I keep on continually counting everything as a loss. Why? Because there's the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. He's worth it. Knowing Jesus is of greatest value. You see, when Christ saves you, He saves you into a relationship with Him where you take him as your treasure. He is of surpassing worth. And your desire is to know 
Jesus Christ. The word for knowing or knowledge here in the original language, it, it doesn't just mean a head knowledge, that you have um, historical facts stored away in the data of your brain. Really what that Greek word gnosko means is an experiential, intimate, spiritual knowledge of Christ. And so what Paul's saying is, listen, as this transformed believer in Jesus Christ, I have a new passion. And my passion is to know experientially Jesus more deeply. As a matter of fact, Paul makes this actually crude statement at the end there of verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Rubbish. It's the Greek word skubalon. Uh, it's not necessarily a curse word, but it's not a polite word that you would use at dinner conversation. It, it really means um, a lump of manure, dung, rotting food, trash, rubbish. That's what's thrown to the dogs, a, a pile of poop, if you will. Now, now the amazing thing, Paul just kind of startles us with this language. Can we truly say that we consider our old life and the things that we so dearly held on to in our sin as piles of manure. Can you truly say that today? As you live this life today in the new passion of knowing Jesus Christ, do you count everything as a pile of dung compared to knowing Jesus Christ? Well, thank you for listening to Understanding Christianity Today, this mini-podcast strength for today. Today is Tuesday, July 12th. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus.